5.43 on Springfield's Afternoon News with Jim Leach. I'm Patrick Fingston in for Jim this uh, Tuesday afternoon here on 92.7 WMAY. We are pleased to welcome uh, to the show the brand new uh Supreme Court Justice for here in Springfield and around much of central Illinois, uh, Lisa Holder-White. Madam Justice, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Well, thank you. And, and, uh, you know, you are the first, as as has been made, you know, very clear in in the headlines over the last couple of weeks that, you know, you're the first African-American female uh, to serve on uh, on the uh, Supreme Court, uh, not the first female or the first African American, but you put the first two, put both of those together, and it's it's definitely uh, making history, you know. And I I I always joke in in these situations because I I can't understand. I'm a I'm a farm white farm boy from the middle of nowhere, Illinois. So put it in perspective for for someone like me that. Um, you know, what does it mean to to kind of break a barrier like that, to be the first African-American woman on the court? Well, I'm very excited to have joined the court. And for me, it really makes me reflect on the fact that my ancestors, my heritage, the black heritage, there were times when people who look like me did not have the opportunities that I've had. And so that's what I think about, and I'm just thankful that I have had the opportunities that I've had. And I like to think that this is something that we can all celebrate and that uh, it shows that we can come together and that we can hear the voices from the various positions in the community and that we can, you know, make better decisions and be able to have input from all types of people, all walks of life on the Supreme Court. Did did you, at what point did you say, I want to be a judge, or I, I, I aspire to, to sit on the, the state appellate court or state Supreme Court? Well, I tell you, first of all, for me, the dream was also always to be a lawyer, not necessarily to be a judge. Mm-hmm. And each position that I've had as a judge, I was never necessarily aspiring to that next position. I've had many interviews, and I've talked about the fact that my mother always encouraged us girls to bloom where we were planted. So I've been very fortunate to have some incredible opportunities and positions. And each time that I've been in a position, I've just been trying to bloom where I was planted. But I will say that when I was working in private practice, I appeared in front of the presiding judge over in Decatur, and at that time his, uh, it was John Granius, Judge John Granius, and I had my very first private uh, custody case. I was representing a gentleman who was seeking custody of his son um, as part of a divorce that he was going through, and so I had that case in front of Judge Granius, and I was so impressed by how he handled the case, how he treated the attorneys, how he treated the litigants, how he ran his courtroom, his command of the relevant case law. And at that time, after being in his courtroom for that hearing, I started thinking to myself, that's something I think I would want to do and that I think I would be good at. Supreme Court Justice Lisa Holder-White joins us here on WMAY. So, so Judge, I've worked a few um, judicial races over the years, and it's it's always this kind of weird uh, you know, they're a politician because they're asking for votes, but they're not a politician because they can't really talk about issues. I understand, obviously, you know, sitting on the, on the bench, you know, even in an appointed status, you know, we're 
we're not going to sit here and talk about hypotheticals or issues or positions or things like that. But as you sit, you know, on on the court or or in your position on on, on the appellate court previously, what's your approach to cases? Like how how do you how do you go go through them? Is there a predisposed set of ideals that you have that you follow along with, or or do you honestly go in with an open mind on every case and say? We're just going to, we're going to, just the facts, ma'am. Well, with each case does come a new set of facts. And so, of course, you have to go in with an open mind and you need to be guided by what the law requires. And so my um, usual way of handling things is, of course, I'm going to read the entire record. I'm going to read the briefs. I'm going to review the case law that the parties have submitted regarding the case and do some research on my own, and my law clerks would also do research on the issues that are coming before us and then do my very best to come to a decision that, you know, is supported by the law and that's what's required by the law when I apply the facts to the law that actually is relevant to the issue before me. Supreme Court Justice Lisa Holder-White joins us on WMAY. So the National Supreme Court has obviously been so polarized, so politicized, especially recently, you know, with 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 Roe and all of the the fights over appointments and that sort of thing. Um, I know you're you're just getting settled on the bench, but I've I've had a chance to to speak to Justice Garmin, who you replaced over the years, uh, and and it it always seemed that even though there are occasionally some political decisions. Uh, that that the court itself isn't a political animal. Do you agree with that sentiment? I'm glad you asked that question because I think it's really important for the public to know um, what the role of a Supreme Court justice here in Illinois is. And basically, I am of the opinion that party affiliation is completely irrelevant to our decisions that we make, think about it. How would you like to walk into a courtroom and have to tell the judge or tell the clerk what your party affiliation is because that's somehow going to impact whether or not you receive real justice? Or how would you, you know, feel about the judge wanting to know what your party affiliation is? And so, as I indicated before, our job is to look at the law, apply the facts of the case before us to the law, and make a fair and just decision. And so I really want to get the word out that it's inappropriate for a judge to be making decisions based on party affiliation. How do you think that there are any, you know, the the redistricting of the court, obviously you even had to move um, from, from Decatur to Sangamon County, as we understand, um, you know, to to effectively kind of move back into what is the fourth district now, which, you know, you had gotten moved into the fifth district and so did Justice Garmin. And it was a little bit goofy like that. Are there, are there any tensions or frustrations among judges and, and the way things get done when they see the legislature kind of play around with, with addresses and livelihoods or anything like that? Or are you just looking at it as, Hey, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do what I can where I'm at. Well, that's within their purview, and, you know, we're a different branch of the government, and so I don't worry about those kind of things. Um, I was living in Decatur. That's my hometown. 
Mm-hmm. I had spent basically my entire judicial career there in terms of even being on the appellate court. And at the time that I was on the appellate court before redistricting, you know, we didn't have as many counties as we have now, but Macon County was in the 4th District. And so I had a decision to make when this opportunity uh, came about, and it was important enough for me to relocate. I could have chosen not to relocate and continue on the appellate court, and I would have been able to do that. So I'm not crying over it. Um, I'm really enjoying being over in Sangamon County, and it's very nice. Uh, You know, everyone's very kind, and they have a strong bar association, getting to be around other lawyers and colleagues and whatnot. So um, it, it's no problem at all for me. And I mean, what an opportunity. All I had to do was move. I'd do it over again. Another minute here with Justice Lisa Holder-White, uh, the, the newest justice on the Illinois Supreme Court. And and I think it's important that we get a chance to to talk to you all uh, that that's outside of of maybe the, the official in a robe in a courtroom you know, sort of uh, stuffy, regular setting, you know, and get to know who you are and, and what what you what you believe in and for the job. Um, you you uh, replaced uh, Rita Garman, who who I'm a I'm a Rita Garman fanboy. Uh, I've gotten to know her <laughs> a little over the years and 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 adore her. Um, yes. What what's your you know, what's a, a word from you on on her career? I mean, she spent 20 years on the Supreme Court. She's she's a trailblazer, um, whether it's Republican judge or Democrat judge or male judge or female judge. She's she's really been someone that is respected and, and almost loved on all sides. Where what are your thoughts about her? Well, first of all, I would say that she is loved on all sides, not almost, but I described her in my remarks at my swearing-in as the crown jewel of the Illinois judiciary, and she is that. She's an incredible, uh, brilliant woman, and she's an outstanding human being. And so being able to follow in her footsteps is a huge honor. She's overcome obstacles. I'm sure that when you've spoken with her, you've heard about the fact that She was accused of taking a man's spot in law Mm -hmm. school. She was accused of just looking for a husband. And so when she had difficulty even finding a job in the legal profession after she graduated. And so to know that she has overcome so many obstacles and done all that she has done is really incredible. And I'm just delighted to follow her. And, um, you know, I hope to uh, continue to do the good work that she's done, and I'm happily accepting the baton that she passed to me on July 7th. So, b- before I let you go, uh, Justice, Madam Justice, I, I I do need to ask about the appointment process. You know, the Justice Garman had the ability to to say earlier in the year that I'm not going to run for for retention. Uh, I'm going to retire, uh, and then have an open contest to replace her. Instead, she decided to wait to retire until after the primary uh, and essentially um, being able to fill the seat with her choice uh, between now and the election in 2024. And and I understand that you, you'll still have to face voters. You'll still have to, to be elected in 24. But it, does it do a disservice to the public to have you chosen in what is essentially a backroom deal? 
Well, I would disagree that it's a, a backroom deal, and I would also point out, of course, this is the same way that Justice Garmin joined the court, mm-hmm. and we see uh, what a gem we received um, through that process with her selection when she was selected. But for me, I'm thankful for the opportunity to be on the court. I think it's important that the public will have the opportunity to learn more about me. I do plan on getting out, and I want people to not just wonder, well, who is that when they go to vote in 2024? I want them to say, oh, I met her. I've read some of her decisions. And so I think it's a great opportunity for the community to be able to make the call on me and decide. And so they will not be choosing someone and have no idea, you know, what type of work they're going to do, what type of judge they are. They'll know all that about me given the way that I was allowed to join the court. So, so what, uh, you know, and, and I, I appreciate that, you know, you want to get out there. I think, I think judges are, are often, um, hard to, hard to reach, uh, in terms of, of realizing that they're real people sometimes, um, you know, and, and I think it would be good for people to, to meet you at a restaurant or at a coffee shop, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, how, how do you maintain, uh, an understanding of, of community, you know, and, and getting people to, you know, what do you do to, to relax, to be a normal person? You're, you're not sitting in a study, drinking a, a brandy, reading old law books all, all night. So what, who, who, what makes you a real person? Well, you know, I have my family. I'm not just a judge. I'm a mother, a sister, daughter, wife, and so all those things. And then I also have my church family. I sing in the choir. I'm a deaconess at my church. And so, you know, I do things that normal people do. And for me, I think it's really important when people go to the ballot that they have an idea of who they're voting for. And so I've already made it very important to me to get out to community groups. I'm, all, I'm available to speak to community groups. I, I want to get out and help people understand what the Supreme Court is, how it works, what we do. And um, I'm looking forward to my efforts to do that. Justice Lisa Holder-White, the newest member of the Illinois Supreme Court. Uh, Madam Justice, it's an honor to speak to you. Congratulations on your appointment, and we wish you the luck over uh, as you uh, take on this new role. Thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. All right, Justice Lisa Holder-White.